Hello, I'm Alan Higgins, and you are listening to the Design Talk podcast. The following recording is a cross-pod release with The Blind Spot, a podcast created by Tina Lowe, Accessibility Officer at University College Dublin, Ireland. This episode was recorded on the 14th of March, 2022. Welcome to The Blind Spot. I'm your host, Tina Lowe. This podcast looks to show everyone about making Ireland accessible for all. Today I have the pleasure of talking to Emer Keneally from the Irish Guide Dogs in Cork and Emer has very kindly come up all the way from the Kingdom of Cork as opposed to the Kingdom of Kerry <laughs> right, with a beautiful assistance dog called Bubbles and Emer is going to tell us all about what assistance dogs do for, uh, and this is part of our podcast series for the Neurodiversity Celebration Week. So Emer's going to talk to us all about um, the, what the role of the dogs and also um, tell us about how she works as a dog trainer for the Irish Guide Dogs for the Blind. So hello Emer, you're really welcome. Thank you very much for coming up from Cork. Thanks today. so much Tina, it's a pleasure. And Bubbles, just to tell you, Bubbles is is angelic and she's lying down <laughs> at Emer's feet and there isn't a sound so it's not amazing a, she's a, a gorgeous a little dog yeah so Emer it's a it's lovely to meet you so tell us about yourself tell me about I your, your so, background uh, my name's Emer Keneally I work as a, an assistance dog instructor in Irish guide dogs um, I've been there now it's about 15 and a half years so I studied zoology originally in UCC um, and I volunteered in Irish Guide Dogs while I was studying and I discovered that I enjoyed working with the dogs a lot more than, I'd, than I enjoyed academia. Nice. Um, so I started there in dog care and welfare and then moved on to helping out puppy raising and then I was lucky enough to work with the assistance dog team uh, nice. training dogs yeah. and now I work as an instructor so I work um, training clients um, and matching them with the correct assistance and community dogs. Okay, so you started off in, say, in was it in the Irish Guide Dogs for the Blind in Ballincollig, yeah? Yeah, yeah, in, well, I, I as originally... As a dog care, was that? Sorry, yeah, sorry. I started off as a dog care and welfare assistant, okay, which is and working and what in the is, kennels. What is, oh, right, yeah. okay, okay. So, so your jobs are to kind of look after the dog's um, health right. and well-being, um, obviously make sure they're on the right food when they first come in, check them over, do all the vet stuff, right. um, grooming. Um, you you basically get all their equipment ready for them and deal with all the health stuff and uh, for the when, when the dogs come in to you first, tell tell everyone, the listeners about it, because it is an amazing thing to I have I myself I it's my third guide dog so I'm I'm fascinated by say the life of the the guy the guide dog or assistance dog T- talk to us about how you know they start yeah or so how they're bred yeah we ha- it, it there's a whole process behind it um and so it it's I, I guess I'll start at the breeding side of it okay. um it's the logical part to begin I guess yeah. uh so we have a breeding department that looks after our brood and our stud so we do breed our own dogs um we do occasionally bring in dogs from outside that's that's bubbles now getting okay. jealous that's okay that's um because okay. nobody's talking to her nice. um <laughs> so we breed our own dogs and we bring dogs over occasionally from other schools um abroad yeah. so as part of the international dog guide dog federation right. so when they are born in their breeding volunteers homes we start socialization program so that's as early as three weeks of age. Uh-huh. Um, our volunteers do things like play music and noises for them. They have different uh, textiles, floors that they expose them to. Um, they wear different hats, things like that. They have uh-huh. people come in and out to get them used to children or right. elderly people or as many people as they can expose them to but while keep, still keeping them safe, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then when they're uh, eight weeks old, they go to their puppy raiser. So that's, again, a volunteer that is trained by our puppy raising supervising staff. Right. And what they do is they socialize them. It's usually just a regular family, but someone is at home a lot of the time. They bring them out to, you know, shops and cafes and playgrounds and parks and on the bus and the trains. And they do, you know, a lot of the socialization to prepare them to be a right. guide, an assistance dog or a community dog. Right. And then they come in for training at the center when they're 14 months old. Right. Um, and that's where we take over. Right. And how, like, how do you, is it true, I, I've watched a lot of, say, I, like I watched Crufts and I, I, I watch a lot about the, 
especially the guide dogs, um, how they train them. Is it true when the litter is born? Like, are they born in somebody's house? Is it like where they hold the brood bitch? Is that right? They are, yeah. They're yeah. born in the house. Now, yeah. they have the support of um, a breeding assistant. Yeah. And then, obviously, we call in the vet if, if it's needed or bring okay. the dog to the okay. vet if, if there's any complications. Right. But, yeah, what usually what happens is when someone applies to be a breeding volunteer, obviously, mm. well, the males get away with murder. The studs just do the business. And then, right. and then that's it. Yeah. They go on away home. Right. But the breeding volunteers who have the broods, mm. um, they usually have, like, a utility room or a separate room that they use as the nesting area. Right. Um, and then the, the pups are born in that they have um, a little pen that they're in with um, you know uh, like vet bedding yeah. to keep them yeah. warm and a, yeah. and a heat yeah. lamp yeah. Um, and the the breeding assistant comes in and out and, nice. and every week, week they weigh them nice. and make sure they're up to date with anything they need health wise and when do they do you know that I've seen the thing on say YouTube videos where they bring in and I saw it, it was actually Paul O'Grady did a really good program few years ago on the UK guide dogs mm-hmm. and they showed the when the little puppies I don't know how old they are but they bring them into a room in the guide dog centre and they let all the puppies kind of run around and they have to run through little tunnels that's and correct yeah is, yeah is that so when they select the yeah so guide the dog and the assistant yeah that's our as our, early as that, like. our kind of temperament test right. that we do so they're usually um at a just it's just before they go to their puppy raisers uh, so we do so they're th- only like seven weeks they're yeah they're seven wow. and a half weeks usually wow. when we do that test right. so yeah. and yeah. it's funny because you can already see personality differences yeah. you can see different levels in confidence um you can see like the ones that are introvert and extrovert mm. um you can see the ones like that are very confident and they want to like run up and down so there's ramps there yeah. Yeah. they different flooring that they can go up and down what happens is we open an umbrella during the test and see you know are they comfortable with some sudden movement yeah um there is a, a sort of a robot toy that goes off. Right. You want to see, do they react to the noise? Yeah. Um, we do different things like uh, put a collar and lead and we put a mini harness and jacket yeah. on them Gosh. to see. So you're looking for what we call body sensitivity. So how they react to equipment going on. And we score that between mm. sort of zero and 10. But usually you the, the scores would be in general higher than four. And I've never seen a 10. But right. they've, I've seen eight and nines. And and it, who is who does that? Is that the the staff, the so trainers? A mixture between. Right. So the breeding assistants will be right. there. Some dog care and welfare staff will yeah. be there, and some trainers will be there. Yeah. And usually a manager would would mm. keep an eye. And we record it all. So if we need and to watch it back, like the dog is only seven and a half weeks old, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And like, can it's amazing. I think it's fascinating. Like, can you really tell? You can, can't you? That could could, could you go in there and say now, um. I can pick which one is going to be a guide dog. Well, we we have a fun game of guessing, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not it's not fully reliable. So at yeah, the yeah. moment, I suppose yeah. we we actually do another test when they come in for training at e- when they're fourteen months old. Right. That's almost exactly the same. Um, but it involves different types of obedience. Right. We turn on the Hoover. Yeah, um, again, course. there's an umbrella involved. There's someone yeah. actually turns up. Um, in a zombie costume wow. <laughs> it's God. to see how they react to strangers wow. Wow. Um, and what we do is we score that as well yeah. um, and then you're looking to see well is there any change between when they were seven weeks old because at seven weeks old it's largely genetics right. and then by the time that they're 14 months old you have to take into account that they've been out in a puppy raiser who could be living anywhere in Ireland really yeah. Yeah. Um, different backgrounds they they may or may not have had children in the home. Right. They'll have different lev- levels of dog yeah. knowledge or dog training abilities themselves, depending on, you know, all yeah. of us are different. Yeah. Um, and so you can see then what differences maybe that environment or behavior led to when they're older. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? Like, it's fascinating. Yeah, oh, it's fascinating. It's like it's, it, it, to, it, there to are people doing studies on yeah, it around yeah. the world. Just so to the, see how so the dog could be predisposed to certain personality types yeah right? we do believe that yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean obviously ge- we do believe in the power of genetics because yeah. so that's why we breed our own dogs yeah because okay, you can yeah. see so you keep you your line is that right you, yeah you would yeah. you look so most of our broods would have about say three litters okay so you would use say a stud with if the brood was a new brood you'd use maybe a reliable stud that you had information on about how successful their previous litters had been and then you'd look at well how successful was the litter with the new brood and then do a second litter maybe with a different stud 
you're looking at success rates again. Okay. Is there a lot Very of assistance dogs? Yeah. Is there a lot of guides? Yeah. Maybe some of the dogs weren't successful and then you try right. to figure out why. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's amazing. And what about the stud dog part then? That's the, are they selected for size, for what, what for are everything. the traits? So there's, everything. There's a yeah. lot of, um, yeah. there's medical tests that have to take, they have to be done first. Right. You know, x-rays, yeah. we check their heart. Obviously, yeah. there's a semen test. You want to make sure everything's working. Yeah. Um, then you would do a behavioral test as well, very similar to what you would do if a dog was coming into training because mm. there is a strong opinion that um, fear and suspicion can be passed on genetic-wise. Oh. So, it, like, obviously, it's very hard to prove all of these things. Yeah. It's just studies. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, you can see genetic tendencies passed through, obviously, to the to the the pups so you want to make sure that any any characteristics of the the male um is, that are positive right. are passed on obviously you have to want to watch out for skin issues um any kind of structural so any bone issues or anything right. like that yeah. um doesn't pass and on. then the the breed of dogs we'll say um what what people would always think of as a guide dog would be Labradors, Labretrievers, Golden Retrievers. Yeah, now, they would be the most common. The most common. And also then, you know, from because I, at the moment, my third guide dog is a German Shepherd, mm-hmm. Golden Retriever Cross. Mm-hmm. And he's a gigantic dog, but <laughs> I personally love that. But he's, he has, like, as my trainer, when I got my third guide dog, my trainer did say to me, and this is something that I, I, I think is incredible as well, that anything that the trainers tell you, they're spot on and this I was you know I never had dogs before when I could see I was terrified of dogs and when I got my first guide dog I remember the guide dog trainer saying all these things like actually the person it was her name was Libby Mm -hmm. and she was South African woman and she used to say to me in her South African accent he's Blake is mentally intense (laughs) and I used to look at her and say how can you tell a dog is mentally because I never had a dog we never had dogs I just thought these people are crazy (laughs) like these how can they and then and he's very sensitive and he's this and he's that and I have to say the woman was absolutely spot on yeah yeah we do a lot of work when when we're being trained Um, so you have to if someone wants to be a trainer they have to pass qualification you know we do studies on mental sensitivity um, hearing body sensitivity we learn all about willingness concentration responsiveness and um, motivating a dog yeah and the the second guide dog I got was called Hector and Hector the first thing the trainer said to me was now Hector is body sensitive and I was like what does that mean Mm -hmm. you have to put his harness on a certain way because he nearly failed because of his body sensitivity and again I was thinking this is amazing like, and yeah. they were right and he he, he I, once I put the harness on a certain way he was an absolutely amazing guide dog yeah and he, yeah he, and he was everything they said about him really quiet they called him Hector the protector <laughs> he he didn't make a say he's just so good and they also said he was the angel and this part is funny because when I got my first guide dog his name was Blake and we called him Blake we turned him into a total dub right and <laughs> But they said to me, we, we match our dogs. And I said, what do you mean? You know, we match personalities and where you live and if it's a suburban dog or a city dog or a country dog and all these things. And this is all new to me. So I was just looking and going, yeah, right. And so <laughs> anyway, Blako was a devil. And they said, yeah, because they're matching you to the dog. So I was thinking, what do you mean? <laughs> Does that <laughs> yeah. mean I'm like, and yeah. Anyway, so I got Blake and it changed my life and it was amazing. And then when I got Hector, the trainer said to me when I went down to see Hector first, which is like, it's an amazing experience. They said, now, Tina, this dog is called the angel of the center. And I said, yeah, and meaning, you know, don't undo his fabulous angelic qualities. (laughs) And I said, I won't, you know, why would I? (laughs) Anyway, so basically they say they match you to the dog which is incredible so it's really important it's yeah it's so unbelievable it's a it's a know? key part really of the whole process, process. Yeah. um i mean yeah. you have to take into account so much like um the speed at which someone walks the same yeah. the same with uh assistance dogs yeah because the children all w- walk at different paces yeah. um and they're different sizes obviously depending on their age yeah um and then the 
the routes that they do. So, you know, like that, some people yeah. are rural, some are suburban, yeah. some are urban. So, um, so yeah. coming back to the, this is where, why I'm, I'm, I'm leading up to asking you, mm-hmm. say, um, going back to when those, the dogs are only seven and a half weeks old, mm-hmm. and we'd say there's five in the litter, right? Yeah. Now, say the two are picked, they're, the trainers are thinking, yeah, guide dog, guide dog. What's the qualities in the assistance dog that you look for? So with assistance dogs, we do prefer if they are not too fast. Right. Because obviously, I know because, you know, with a guide dog owner, some of them, you know, you fly down the road. Yeah, um, you can with, do. With yeah, you can saunter. If you want yeah. to, or yeah, you can yeah, saunter. Exactly. Yeah, with yeah. the assistance dogs, they do tend to be that little bit slower. So okay. with, a, with a guide dog as well, you need that um, guiding tension. So they t- do tend to walk out in front. Yeah. So you can That's feel right, that on yeah. the harness. Yeah. But with an assistance dog, we want them to stay next to the handler okay. um, and stay directly kind of to your left right. and to kind of move with your speed. Right. Um, with a guide dog, you're looking, obviously, for a dog that is decisive um, and and is avoiding obstacles with with an assistance dog it's more important that they are responsive to your cues so like less independent minded I don't think Blake would would have been much of an assistance dog (laughs) by the sounds of it they have to be easy to live with because obviously (laughs) you know these families they need They, their lives are complicated enough without right. having a dog yeah, that's difficult exactly. in the home. Yeah. Heck, um, yeah. They have to be good with toys because right. um, obviously they're living with children. Right. Um, they 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 really need to be to so to be easy to live with. Right. Okay. And so so explain to say the listeners um, starting from the very beginning when say we've the the guy the puppy walkers will raise the dogs and they'll come back down to the centre. And then is that where you take over as the assistance trainer or do they go to the, is it the early training? Yeah, so when How do you decide which is going to be an assistance? So what we do is when they are coming up to that year old, we talk to the puppy raising supervisors and we say, look, do you have a particular recommendation for these dogs? And they'll usually say, oh, look, I for all the reasons I just gave, we think that this dog is more suitable as a guide or assistance dog or a community dog. And so we'll take that into account when they're coming in for training. So depending on whoever is next to receive dogs, because it's a cycle, you know, there's mm. trainers get in the dogs, then they prepare them, pass them on to the advanced instructor, yep. and then they'll get in new dogs. So some people get in usually assistance dogs, some people get in usually guide dogs to okay. prepare them for the next okay. group. But okay. we don't usually decide fully for maybe a month to six weeks right. until after they arrive in. Because right. sometimes a dog that you might think would be a great guide um, might be a just better suited to an assistance dog okay. and we really try to put them in that role that they're going to be happiest in. And do the dogs all do the same, you know, the way they, you have the obstacles laid out in the training centre, like do you put the two types of dogs through the same training in the no, beginning? No, so at the no. very beginning there would be similar types of training, yeah. but so there'd be what we call clicker training, which right. is where we're using, um, we're marking the right behaviour, so we're encouraging you know, loose lead. We're looking for their obedience levels. We're looking for their general willingness and responsiveness, right. their ability yeah. to cope. Yeah. Um, and we look at their their inherent characteristics. Right. Um, so like that, if they're confident, if they um, are able to make decisions. So you're not kind of preparing them. Right. It's kind you're of the, it's the same for the first four yeah. weeks. Yeah, you're you're yeah. doing what we call a temperament assessment. All right. If yeah. you, I mean, if you're really sure in the first yeah. week or two that a dog's going to be a guide, then, f- yeah. you know, feel free to work yeah. on obstacle stuff. Yeah. Um, no one's yeah. going to stop you. Yeah, but yeah. Um, we would usually keep that for three or four weeks in when you're when you're pretty sure. Yeah. Right. And then so then say the next stage then for the is this where you come in? Um, yeah. So to normally, the yeah. So yeah. then the early trainers, what they do is they're doing that temperament assessment. Right. They usually have them about eight weeks. So they might decide after the four weeks, they might decide, oh, that dog's more suitable for a guide and move them over to a guide dog instructor. And if they have um, a dog for me, so they'll usually, we'll have an idea. We'll all talk together as a team. So we have monthly mm. team meetings mm. and each of the team members will say, look, I have a dog that's more suitable for when Emer's receiving dogs in right. four weeks' time. Yeah. So I'll have a rough idea of what dogs I'm going to be getting. Yeah. Um, and then what we do is we do what we call a pickup walk. Right. 
Right. So it's kind of like an interview. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. The trainer yeah. will bring out the dog and the yeah. dog's interviewing. So they're doing a specific uh, route yeah, with yeah. different tasks. Yeah. Um, and then we're trying to see them indoors, outdoors, passing dogs, uh, greeting people, yeah, yeah. how they are with children. Yeah. And there's standards they have to hit. So, right. you know, good obedience, good greeting behavior, responsive. And um, it's not like you walking around, say, the city or... We'd usually go yeah. to a suburb area okay. with a shopping yeah. centre because okay. so we, we want oh, to see right. them going up and down um, steps and right. stairs, li lifts. We want to see them in a quiet environment somewhere right. you might meet a dog or a cat. Yeah. And we also want to see them in around an yeah. indoor area yeah. in a busy shopping centre yeah. to see how they react to the different flooring and the noises. And right. um, so then say like, you, OK, so say you choose your assistant stock then mm -hmm. then how do you what's your training then what, okay so straight away uh, so before i pick up these dogs a lot of the time you're in tandem you're doing interviews with clients mm. as an instructor so right. first of all that's a zoom assessment and mm. then it's a practical assessment at the center i'm sure you probably would have done assessments yeah. for yeah. your guide oh, yeah. training as well so yeah. it'll be similar yeah. enough yeah. and so at the moment say we have um, an assistance dog list and it has a hundred applicants on it right. and so all the time we're doing zoom assessments we're inviting families down to do practical assessments right. and then all this information is downloaded onto our um, computer system which is called pause uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so they we all the team again in our team meetings we say oh I've met family A B and C from whatever part of the country yeah. this is the characteristics of that family so right. we'll run through you know their lifestyle their home situation the routes they do um, kind of how you'd categorize the autism you know mm. um, how the family, what they normally do, what they would like to do, what their expectations of the dog are, mm. what their experiences of dogs previously are. Um, and so you you have this knowledge of different families when you take on the dogs and immediately you start thinking, oh, well, maybe this dog is going to be suitable for family A or Z. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're, and, you're, and it's like a matchmaking And when the family process. say, how do you... Uh, like? Is the dog? D does the family come to the guide dog center? How how do you choose? It must be, like I always think it's a, how do you choose the family? It's Say all if the child gathering. is is it is the child verbal, nonverbal? Does that come into it? All of it, yeah. All of oh, that comes yeah. into it. So right. you're looking at the sensitivities of the child. So right. some of some of the kids may have a sensitivity to sound, okay. um, maybe high pitched or low pitched, and yeah. you'd, you'd keep in you'd keep in mind. Well, is the dog vocal or is it not? Right. Some kids um, they love when a dog is interactive with them, right. and when when it licks their face, they just yeah. love it. They get mm. really excited by it. Mm. But some kids actually that would upset them right. so you have to take that into account um, some dogs really like or some of the kids really like say throwing the toys for the dog and, and some do children are more aloof and they would prefer if the dog just kind of did their own thing right. and then yeah. some kids yeah. love um, that feedback from rubbing the stroking the dog right. um, and some some dog, some kids are, are not into that mm. so we usually went, then would match a dog that really loved kind of rubs Right. Um, with a more tactile type of child and that's before you even look at the family background yeah. and situation and yeah. other kids that are in the and how old are the children when they get the dog first so it can vary so right. usually when we open up the list we we say from anywhere from four to seven is oh. the recommended age of the child okay um now what we usually do is when we're matching we do try to look first at the older children because as they get older they can get too old to attach right so usually we'll start looking at the kids who are about maybe seven okay but because it, it could be eight or nine before they have we have a successful match for them right. and yeah. once they kind of start going past 10 11 12 is, is that because is, is the child to explain how do you t when you say attach is that a yeah. harness so with an assistance dog they wear yeah. a blue jacket with a handle right. and then there is a belt that goes around the child right. and then that's attached to the dog Okay. So the child, the dog is there to as a safety aid. So they are there to anchor themselves when the child goes to bolt, right. and they stop um, a few feet from the curb edge, so that if the child does go to run, that they're safe from cars and traffic. And does the parent also 
lead the dog is that yeah, right? yeah yeah so the parent is the trained handler okay so the dog is responsive to their cues and commands so directional cues and they what they'll do is they'll tell the dog to wait yeah. um before they get to the curb right um and then they'll the dog is trained to move only when they say forward so that uh, it's not it doesn't continue walking onto the traffic. with the child mm-hmm. and does the dog walk like in between the child and the the yeah, parent that's yeah. it so right. the the okay. they're it's three abreast as such yeah so yeah. it's mom or dad mm. um and then to the left of them is the dog so yeah. they're holding the lead yeah. and then to the left of the dog is the child oh, attached right. with okay. the belt okay. um so if like if they were going down a narrow street or passing yeah. in between when there was poles or whatever what they yeah. do is they just let the child or the dog go slightly ahead oh, they step right. in behind okay. the dog and then they yeah. step back out again and do assistance dogs have the same rights as say guide dogs as in they're allowed to go everywhere. Yeah, this yeah. they'd be covered under um, the, the Equal, Equal Status, Status Act. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so they can't they can't be um, prevented from right. access. So they to can go to restaurants, cinemas, everywhere. Yeah, and public transport. Public now, technically, transport. the child is the one with the access rights, but okay. the parent is the assistance dog owner. So okay. And we do yeah. recommend them look um, to contact places and let them know that you're going there ahead of time. Makes things a lot easier. But they they do have the same access rights. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And like so, what are the say? I've I've I know some people who have got assistance dogs for their children, and they say it's like it's like having get when you get a guide dog, it changes your life completely mm-hmm. for the better. So, what are the say the huge benefits that? come with the assistance dog yeah, for so families first and foremost obviously it's the safety so um for children that are prone to to kind of eloping let's say when they're um, yeah. very stimulated yeah. um so it's it's then the the parents feel more relaxed obviously when they go out and about Mm. previously they might have had to restrict where they were going or they might have had to go separately so maybe dad had to bring their kid one direction and then mom had to bring the child with autism a different direction or couldn't leave at all so they're able to go more places they're able to go more often they can go to places that are are busier because the the child gets comfort from the dog being there and we only did an assessment with a child the other day who would normally have gotten extremely upset going into a shopping center okay because of the sensory overload sensory overload and you know he he just stroked the dog as we were going around didn't even try and bolt and it was one of his first walks with the dog so that can own that can only improve um and the the parent was really really just you know emotional about it all yeah and it's, it's it wonderful is to see that yeah, yeah. there are other it's things that they kind of uh, that were reported by families mm. um so like just decrease stress for the the whole family so we do try and look at you know what benefit the dog can provide to the rest of the family so like say mom or dad enjoys the exercise benefit yeah. um because maybe before the child was less was less likely to go out because of anxiety yeah. so they're able to get out more and exercise which is good for everybody yeah. um also like it's good for the self-esteem of the child it, it can really improve their confidence um like it's it's a morale boost for everybody some um, we've had reports of um improving communication skills yeah. in some cases there's been improved sleeping yeah. um but again it's it's individual to every family and we can't we yeah, can guarantee yeah, what yeah, the dog is trained yeah, for yeah. and the rest is just an extra benefit you, yeah and do do the children bring the dog to school so themselves? the no. There is some schools right. where they can bring the dog in. So always the parent has to be there. Okay. So right. the, the, the dog wouldn't be left there. Okay. But they can, they have, they and they do go in and visit. Okay. Um, yeah. So they'll, they'll often, the, one of the routes will be to school. Right. So they'll, they'll walk the child in attached. And then, you know, the dog might say hello to a few of the kids. Okay. Um, and then we'll head off maybe to right. do what we call the maintenance walk, which is, you know, exercise okay. for I, mom or yeah. dad and the dog. And do you have to teach the children the routes the way guide dog people have to, like say someone like me has to learn the route? Is that is that so the same? So what we do is we talked the in the ass- early assessment periods we talked to the parents about where they regularly go at the moment, yeah. and then when we're introducing the attachment walks, we try to stick to places they've okay. already been because okay. the you know it's a new aspect of being attached, yeah. and then we we say look. Why don't we try to have like a positive element to the attachment so it could be something the child already enjoys like walking right. to the playground as yeah. a reward or visiting a grandparent's house um, okay. as an incentive mm-hmm. and then it's like muscle memory then once they get used yeah. to being attached to yeah. walking with the dog yeah. then you can start going to new areas okay yeah. and 
then so you mentioned as well the in when in the litter you'll have a guide dog, an assistance dog, and another a new one that I I haven't I don't I didn't know about is community dog. Yeah. So can you t- tell us what that is? Yeah, it's a relatively new program. So we yeah. only started it in uh, twenty twenty. So we have eight community dogs at the moment, um, all around Ireland. We're soon to have a ninth in in Cork. So a uh, community dog is an educational or therapeutic aid. So they work with a handler. Usually it's a, an SEN teacher or coordinator, but we do have um, counsellors as well have been involved um, in schools. But they can, you know, we're thinking down the line, it could be at other facilities too, like mm. um, for adults with, you know, that need therapy or it could be for care facilities. Right. So um, it's it's different from assistance dogs. They don't have the same access rights. Right, yeah, it's kind of like an emotional support like that or Some, there's loads the, we, what yes. we do is yeah. we we look at any facility that applies we look right. at the facility itself we look yeah. at the needs of the students yeah. and then we look at the proposed handler um, and all again it's very much matching you're looking at what the dog will be doing what the environment mm. will be like and what the home situation will be like and you try to and match it to that would that be in say in a general setting in a school in like secondary school or is it is it does, does the dog belong to a family as well uh, a of, mixture of, of both children. so okay. we have um so the the handler is usually like a teacher or we have a principal or the counselor so they do live with that person okay. Okay. so then what happens is they bring them to school every day it has to be that one school so right. they can't just go to lots of different schools okay. yeah. because we want to make sure that that's you know good a good environment for the yeah. dog and that yeah. we want to make sure they have a, a, a resting area so they have a t- set timetable of who they're visiting and when so that can be group sessions or c- it can be one on one and we work through with the handlers about you know how to how to involve the dog in different ways but also we want to make sure that the dog has their rest area has their you know exercise during the day that they get time out you know for themselves Um, and then obviously you have to make sure you have a spending area so a safe secure area where the dog can be brought to the toilet during the day Um, so when we're looking at the involvement of the dog then we it's very much um, with guide dogs that we all decide well what are they going to be involved in and what's the aims for this community dog very good that's brilliant isn't it and that's for children with who are new neurodivergent so it is, is it? usually so it can it's so ch- children with different needs so okay. some of the kids okay. have autism yeah. um there's a- ADHD we yeah. have um d- lots of kids Senses. with different conditions yeah. it yeah. could be yeah. a child with um anxiety yeah. it could Mental be health. anything yeah. Yeah. so good. the the ways that you can like dogs are just so brilliant in mm. that they are in themselves a mood booster yeah. Um, and then when we would match if there was a dog now for example Nala in Dublin um, works with a counsellor right. so she is very calm um, extremely relaxed yeah. and she is there just for you know if, if a child is having a, v- a very difficult situation going through a difficult situation yeah. she's there as a calming influence right. whereas we have Zar in a school in in Wicklow and he's more there as a goal dirt, like as sort of a He's there for as a goal for sessions for right. for enhanced learning. Yeah. So he he is really into um, you know seeking and finding toys or playing with right. a ball and yeah. and we use that to get kids to focus on their learning for a certain mm. amount of time and then the reward is to spend time and with Sarah. Is, then. So then the community dog is a totally different type of dog. Then isn't it? To totally, an assistance or yeah, a guide. Totally different. So how, how yeah. do you know? That's amazing. That's yeah. another. So there'd be some similarities, like they have to, to be responsive to the handler right. as well. Okay. Um, so we do test them in that we, we want to make sure that they're very socially confident with uh, children and adults. Yeah. And they have to be very adaptable in that they could be in lots of different environments. Um, so but the, the the main difference is that they don't have to be able to wear equipment. Right. So a lot oh, of the okay. time it's okay. um, it could they could have a school jacket or they could have um, a neckerchief that marks them out as a community dog, but they don't have to wear the same kind of equipment. Right. Um, and they it, it's they have to be I'd say more fluid and adaptable in that they're okay. they're doing something different every day. Wow. An assistance dog probably has more of a routine. Right. Yeah, and a guide dog. Yeah. yeah, and a guy's amazing, yeah. isn't it? It yeah. is, it is, and so you're, more, you're really looking. Would you say at they're more chilled out? Possibly. It depends. You see, depends on like what they it have depends to do. on yeah, what. Exactly. So when yeah. it, when we're assessing yeah. the dog as a community yeah. dog, yeah. I I would look at well, what's what's 
where will this dog thrive? Yeah. And then I look at our waiting list for community dogs right. and I, I try to go through all the different situations, you know, what, who will they be working with? Mm. Um, what will they be doing? What, in what way will, will that be best for, for those students and the handler? Because they have their home situation as well. Yeah. Some of them have kids, some of them don't. Some of them yeah. have a dog, some of them don't. Some are rural, urban, suburban. Uh, and where will they be going on weekends uh, and evenings? And then say for the assistance dog, so the age of the child say they start possibly for to and how how long can the assistance dog work with the family so it's the same as a guide in that we'll start looking at the dog's kind of health obviously any well you have your visits obviously every mm. year mm. um when they're trained um so after the initial aftercare um it's every year and obviously you keep an eye on the vet slips if anything is flagged you know that might be an issue we'd come out and have a look um during the visits we might ask to do a walk and see how things are going um and then we'll have a discussion with the family um now what we do usually try to say is that if there is retirement impending Mm. um and there's you know they're using the dog and they need the dog then we'll we'll talk about well how to phase out maybe the attachment because it's a once-off isn't it it is, yeah. it is because yeah. as they get thing, yeah, as they yeah. get older. Yeah. Now sometimes what happens is because they've gotten so used to being so close to the yeah. dog and the dog is a comfort, yeah. sometimes we can phase out the attachment equipment. Yeah. And so the dog can still stay. be there and walking around. Now they always stay they not always, but the majority of cases they stay with the family. Okay. Um yeah. as a pet, as a retired right. pet. Right. And really it's very similar only that the dog it does not have access rights anymore. Okay. Um, because they're they're not and it's not because the child gets bigger and stronger and yeah so the the dog won't be able to safely prevent bolting anymore oh yeah but the therapeutic aspect is still there still there and they really do become family members i mean you know yourself they they integrate into the family and they do stay there um as a pet on you know yeah until the unmentionable i know (laughs) i know and that and that's that's the, the the big thing about the whole assistance dog that i think is amazing that the changes that it makes for the family it is for and over I, I, a long time it is definitely know? one of the major positives of this yeah. job is that it's very rewarding to mm. see um how everyone in the family can benefit from the dog <laughs> and not not just the child yeah. um now i will p- put in that a lot of that is down to the assistance dog owners really yeah. putting in the commitment oh, as yeah. well yeah. um and then the same same with the guide dog owner and yeah. the community dog mm-hmm. your dog has to be groomed clean yeah it's a working animal yeah you know, it goes everywhere with yeah. you and you're you, you know the really diet and the yeah and diet yeah. exercise feeding it into your life and and, and try and not turn your guide dog into a pet which is <laughs> yeah. very difficult yeah. yeah yeah you have to maintain oh, i suppose yeah. because they do have access rights and they're going they everywhere you yeah, kind yeah. of have to I maintain know. that level but of obedience and responsiveness what's amazing about them and i'm sure it's the same with assistance dogs is like my uh, say when you take off the harness, the dog is a pet, right? Mm-hmm. And they can relax and chill out and be a dog in mm-hmm. your house or whatever. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you put the harness on, that's it, they're working. Yeah. And you the can difference, see. I you can, can see, see it, it now from two years of pandemic that when I haven't been in the office, mm-hmm. Forrest is back now with me two days a week. Mm-hmm. We work hybrid and it's, he's like a different, it's like a different dog. Like, yeah. We come into the office, he climbs into the bed, silence. Right? <laughs> <laughs> at home, he talks non-stop, he gives out to me. It's like, why are you sitting at that computer? Come on, you know, I'm bored. He's you know? in his home mode. He's a, he's a total, like, <laughs> when I got him first, the trainer said to me, now this dog is called an action dog. He's yeah. not a placid, quiet, mm-hmm. happy to sit there and smile at you. He wants action. And it's true. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's fascinating. And that probably is one of the ways of boiling down. Like a guide does need to be a very active mind yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. An action dog. Yeah. Um, with assistance yeah. dogs, we do try to go for more placid personality. And then yeah. a community dog will probably be a mix between the two. Yeah, it's amazing. So you're watching out. It's, for a, it's amazing, isn't it? It is like a, it's fascinating, and yeah. every day is different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you you and you have to really be flexible. You mm. have to be able to think on your feet. You have yeah. to be able to um, think about well, yeah. how will this work and, for everyone? And I would say, like people, who it's funny, you know, when uh, obviously my family, like we're all grown up, uh, but none of us ever we never had dogs. And one of the things my sister said to me once, 
Now she did encourage me to get a guide dog, so I always think, well, fair play, because mm-hmm. even though I was terrified, I, you know, it, it, it's amazing when you get start to get guide dogs. That's it, your life. You're free. You're independent. Mm-hmm. You know. But she said to me one time, <laughs> I don't know if she was messing because she's always messing. But she said, you know, if you got a golden retriever, it would be really nice with that coat. <laughs> right <laughs> now, I think she was joking. She'd kill me for saying this. But anyway, well, yeah. So we and I was like. <laughs> uh, you can't go in and just pick one off the shelf, Jenny. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? No. Like it's 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 complex, massive complex yeah, thing. And also, is. I know when sometimes it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And luckily, uh, touch wood. Um, I I I put it down to the trainers knowing because mm-hmm. I sometimes think they're a unique breed of people that sometimes they, there's a change in circumstances yeah, and or your personality and yeah yeah and your some, work everything sometimes dogs mm-hmm. um maybe are trying to tell you something when something doesn't work and yeah. may, maybe they weren't yeah. suited yeah. in yeah. the end you know um, yeah. and we do we call that a career change <laughs> so um yeah. you yeah, might yeah. have some dogs who are just not suitable yeah, and yeah. we do like there is other roles they can go down yeah. um yeah. so we have ambassador dogs which are like yeah. pr dogs and they yeah. usually go to fundraising volunteers yeah. um and then we have companion dogs so companion dogs um they can go to adults with um autism yeah that's um, amazing isn't it that's another really good thing yeah, it is, so and they really do help. Um, help. They really. Do. I've seen that with um, any of the dogs that I uh, that I have home to families. Um, that they and there's there's children or adults there that do have you know yeah. needs, yeah. and they can't just get a random dog from you know from a rescue, and they need a dog that's going to be well behaved and, and responsive well and, and well trained. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's another fantastic um, support. Oh, absolutely! For yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's great to know because this is what our whole celebration of the Neurodiversity Week is to tell people about all these amazing supports and yeah, facilities that, that exist mm-hmm. that people wouldn't know about. And you know, it's great to know that, isn't it? That yeah. And there has been lots of studies like oh, yeah. that to show that um, that even just having a dog and th- their acceptance. Mm. And I think yeah. that they, they don't put pressure on you. They um, don't judge it. Yeah, they don't judge you. They don't give they you grief. Well, they do, can give you grief. Well, <laughs> a different kind of grief. If, yeah, An acceptable if, level. If you don't walk them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. No, but they're amazing. Like, uh, like nobody, it's just, it's really funny because in my circumstances, people who know me know that I spent my entire life Jumping on top of tables, screaming <laughs> oh if dogs came near me because I was so afraid because it's a phobia. And then when yeah. I got a guide dog, I turned into like I watch Cruffs. People mm-hmm. laugh at me. Mm-hmm. And We've converted you. Yeah, completely. <laughs> and my my granny, my father's mother, she's she's dead a while, but she always had dogs. And I used to at the time she had the Yorkshire Terriers, and I was terrified of dogs. Did you have a negative experience? No, I think I was passed on by okay. by my possibly my mother. Or, I don't know. Uh-huh. My mother was terrified, and now my mother, yeah. who's so you absorbed that unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she's uh, loves Forrest. Forrest loves her. He goes over to see when well, my mother lives across the road. Forrest strolls over <laughs> over to Granny. I'm not messing like, and he sits down. It's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. It really is. But um, like so, people kind of you know they all slag me. Now. Because I just I think dogs are amazing, but I know so I it's not that I I I watch all the stuff and I learn and I just it is it's fascinating and it's really yeah. hard to explain to people the relationship sometimes with your guide dog because they are so they're clu- like I think myself and Forrest for six years now mm-hmm. and I think he's we're at the stage where like um he knows what I'm thinking and I know what he's thinking. You know? I, I think and I, that's the mad part of it yeah like, I think that dogs know? are always communicating with us yeah um yeah. and they they're very clever in that they've learned to read our yeah. our moods they've learned to read our body language mm. um I mean very little of it is probably verbal you know when oh, yeah, they, when they get to know yeah. us and they yeah, get yeah, to read yeah, us yeah, and yeah. vice versa as well yeah. you know you you yeah. like you said when he's talking to you yeah, you kind of yeah. have worked out and what he's trying to tell you his needs and the thing about Forrest is he's a devil Right for the cats. Okay? Oh, I see. And he's a giant German Shepherd cross. No matter mm-hmm. what, a bit and of that's chase what the trainers tell me. Yeah, mm-hmm. the hunter. He's the herder. That's it. Mm-hmm. And there's a cat where I live, a new cat, right? And it's the vein of my life. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so Forrest takes off like at a hundred miles an hour, right? And you go Forrest, and he'll come back, right? And he strolls back up the road, right? And he comes right up to you, and he tips your hand, as if to mm-hmm. say sorry. 
Yeah, yeah. He's like, I just couldn't help. Sorry it. about that. Sorry. And the, sorry. this is you know, the breed yeah. characteristics, yeah, yeah. you know, you that you have to take into account. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like the the German shepherds do yeah. have a certain extent of oh, a yeah. chase instinct, yeah. or you know, yeah. they this need to herd. They sometimes. have to herd everyone. He, they can be a little gets, bit, you know, they want to upset if we're not all in a group. Mm-hmm. And what I've done since I've got Forrest, which is a great thing, is I got in touch with his puppy walker, Zita O'Brien, and she's. Puppy number 12. Oh my God. Is she yeah, on 12 now? Ozzy. Ozzy. <laughs> right. Ozzy Osborne. Right. And anyway. Hopefully um, not biting the heads off any bats. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> He's, yeah. So uh, anyway. So when Forrest. What, sometimes if we go out for puppy walker. With the puppy walkers. With all the different ages. And all the little doggies and big doggies. Forrest's thing is. He gets them all lined up like ducks. Because he has to herd them, and he yeah. gets really upset if you're not in the herd. Yeah, it's just and genetic, you. and it's you amazing. have to be understanding yeah. of it. And, it's and the same he does with this thing, mouting. You know where they yeah, get yeah, yeah. They people, if you don't know German shepherds, yeah, you think you they're trying know. to eat you. But yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're and I think you. that's where people yeah. do have associations yeah. with those breeds because yeah, they don't yeah. know yeah, yeah. that there's no harm in it. No, um, and he he literally is getting you by the hand and he's pulling you up so he can see you. Yeah, get yeah, you into just, the group just and trying to communicate yeah, and yeah. that's it and yeah. with this is with the labs and the retrievers it's the same like they'll have specific characteristics yeah. like yeah. labs um you know they're full of energy they're yeah. very intelligent yeah. um high energy you know they yeah. they really want to be going and then we mix them with the retriever because the retriever is probably a bit more laid back yeah. um labs are very enthusiastic about work yeah. golden retrievers sometimes are less <laughs> less yeah. enthusiastic yeah. let's yeah. say yeah. so the idea is that if you mix the lab retriever cross together that mm. within a litter you'll have you know really nice mix yeah. now sometimes you can get the extremes either side yeah. you know because yeah. genetics yeah. is strong yeah. in 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 yeah. these things yeah. um and so you're looking for the mix between between the two yeah. so like they you ha- I mean, you have to take into account their genetics, their yeah. breed. You yeah. have to take into account their their background, like where they've grown up. Mm. They're, you know, you have to look at like what motivates the dog as well, because they're all different, just like people. Yeah. So some of them are really into food. Some yeah. of, most of them, let's be honest, most yeah. of our guys are really into food, and then some of them are more motivated by toys yeah. or grooming yeah. or you know. F- physical or verbal praise and when we're training our clients we do try to go through all of that and you yeah. probably remember when oh, you yeah. first started with your dog you know and mm-hmm. us going through like well what the dog likes what works for them yeah. how yeah. to keep them motivated how to build the bond with yeah. them and it, took, and it's, it takes, it's ages. Really, it takes, it takes ages. ages yeah because and, they, and they get to know you they have to get to know you yeah, because yeah. They, they they don't see us as the owners they see the trainers at the start at the yeah. start at yeah. the very beginning yeah, yeah because yeah. they're used to yeah, us of we're part yeah. of their routine yeah. and so when we're yeah. working with the clients we try to teach them yeah. you know consistency and what we have done and teach mm. them as much as we can yeah. we do go through kind of dog communication with them as well like you're yeah. saying like what is your dog trying to tell you yeah. in, in different situations yeah. and that's very important for oh, all yeah. our dogs because yeah, yeah. you yeah. are their advocate yeah. you know you're there to speak for them if yeah. you know if you just even as simple as like that have they had their water um, yeah. is this environment they, too much yeah. for them and then they tell you they do it's funny when yeah. they need to go to the bathroom yeah, you <laughs> yeah. <know>? yeah. <laughs> well there'll be characteristics particular to a yeah. dog like yeah. I've one dog who might let just let out one woof yeah and that um, means and yeah, that yeah, means like yeah, oh I yeah. need to go yeah. um, and yeah, then yeah. there'll be others and they might just pace or walk yeah, around yeah. and yeah, less yeah. likely to yeah. settle yeah. I have one dog and if, if they need to go to the, the toilet they'll slow they'll really slow down and it's yeah. the only time they slow down the rest yeah, of the time they're really enough. fast and then it's up to us yeah. to read that yeah. so and this is why it's very important that we get to know the dogs and then that we yeah. try to impart that information as much as we can to the new families yeah. because everything is different now we have to be flexible as well because they might react differently in new environments and yeah. you're saying it takes time to settle so when oh, they're yeah. in their new yeah. family sometimes they, they it takes it could take a few weeks yeah. before they start to relax into oh this is the yeah. routine now yeah. Um, and the same for everybody else they all have to get used to because you do like you were saying about um, fitting them into your life like years ago I had to do um, I was on Today FM with Ray Darcy a long time ago now and they were down in the centre and I just kind of got pulled in last minute yeah and he said to me um god it's very quiet you'd never know that there was like 60 dogs at the center mm. and i just joked and went that's because we sedate them all 
yeah. afterwards I was like oh god yeah, yeah, and that yeah. goes out live so I couldn't take it back ah, sure. <laughs> yeah sure look sure that's that's disclaimer, the joy disclaimer we don't sedate any yeah, dogs yeah. <laughs> I did um, one on Newstalk a few weeks ago Oh yeah, with Anton Savage, and oh, I never I met him before. He's <gasps> really nice. I so love nice. Anton He's Savage. So nice, right? And I brought Forrest in, and it was classic because Forrest did all the noises. Oh, love talking, giving it loads, right? And it was for the guide dogs. It was a few weeks ago. Yeah, and it was live. We and literally because oh, I've been heard. doing this for a few years. Mm-hmm. And it's not that, it's funny, they, he didn't even show me the microphone. I literally sat down and he starts talking. Yeah, made yourself at home. Yeah, hilarious, <laughs> right? And uh, and the anyway, he said, what's great about this is because Forrest talks and makes loads of noises, mm-hmm. um, people will believe. This is He said, this is radio gold, because otherwise they wouldn't believe you that there's a dog. Yeah. But you can't hear the dog. <laughs> so Unfortunately, Forrest I, don't, is like, I don't know if Bubbles is going to announce herself. Yeah, yeah, he does all of them. Yeah, and oh, it was brilliant. But anyway... It's an amazing um, partnership, and I'd say that um, it's not for everyone. As would, in, yeah, you know, yeah. but it's it, it's it's the most amazing mm-hmm. experience. And like, I I will never be without a dog now. Hopefully, yeah. I hopefully, actually brought in a poem from. Um, the school St. Joseph's in Drogheda County Loud they have one of our community dogs Andrew mm. is his name mm. he's a, a yellow golden retriever cross like, yeah. he's not as big as Forrest but approaching it okay. um, and the students <laughs> the students wrote a poem right. um, so will I read it out yeah let's let's finish on that and can I just say to you it's been an amazing um, talking to you and oh, no you problem. told us so much it's brilliant oh no worries it's and, an absolute and I think pleasure it's, yeah it's, it's an am- I, I really admire anyone who can train dogs because it's just amazing oh so thanks it changes <laughs> all our lives Honestly. hard work but worth it yeah absolutely yeah. so yeah re- go ahead read Perfect. the poem that's so brilliant the poem is called Andrew's Journey so by our side from our very first day Andrew was there to show us the way a coat of gold and big bright eyes always brings happy smiles a really big part of our school team Andrew helps achieve our dreams a friend who was with us all the time to support, to care, to love and mind. We're never alone when Andrew's nearby. He is with us when we laugh and when we cry. We're proud of Andrew for all he's done, for the learning we share and for all the fun. I think that sums it up, That's doesn't fantastic. it? Fantastic. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank you so much. No problem at Thank all. Thanks for listening to The Blind Spot. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe. Until next time on The Blind Spot. The Blindspot podcast was funded under the University for All Faculty Partner Program and developed with the support of the UCD College of Business and UCD Access and Lifelong Learning.